I got on their mailing list. Yeah. And they used to send an envelope with a letter, a catalog, a free tract and everything. And now they're just down to just sending a catalog. Does that cut down in expenses probably for the mail? Oh, probably for them, but I like the free stuff and the free chick track that I can leave in somebody's bag at a show. Let's start the show. For those who do not know, the biggest wrestling spectacular, names from all over the country, former champions, I've never seen anything like it. Eddie Graham, Florida Promotion, Vern Gagne, Superstar Billy Graham, Road Warriors, Mid-South Coliseum in Memphis, Tennessee, Bill Watts, Jerry Jarrett, Dory Funk, Harley Race, uh, Nick Bockwinkel. This is Cigars in Conversation with Derek St. Holmes, Esquire. Hello and welcome to Cigars and Conversations, brought to you exclusively by our good friends at all the gimmicks, iTunes, and anywhere that podcast can be heard. I am your co-host, Jay Gilke, and I'm sitting here with a true raconteur in the world of professional wrestling. This man has shared the ring with a who's who of talent that ranges from the N-words to the BS Express. A wrestler, manager, commentator, and a trainer who's contributed essays to wrestling publications, and who only last week, for the first time in our history, offered to pick up the drink tab. With 20 years of experience, he is a true renaissance man with unlimited knowledge. Ladies and gentlemen, I am speaking of the incomparable, the one, the only, Derek St. Holmes Esquire. Hello. Hello. I don't remember the BS Express. Oh. Do you have any... I could look it up after oh, this. Oh, no, no. That's it was... Fine. Uh, um, I can't remember uh, where they were from. I don't remember. But you wrestled them. And it might have been just two guys. Do you remember that, the city? Gosh, I'm going to forget. Okay, that, never mind then. That's fine. Kyle, if you uh, look up Derek St. Holmes' oh, wrestler oh, on geez. the Google machine, oh, then. Uh, and then. You don't. Now you sent it. It's, no, it's, it's good. okay. That's good. It's probably two guys I maybe still talk to. You'll go, oh, yeah, those guys. Uh. <laughs> what about uh, the N words? Uh, that was Bryce Benjamin and Acid Jazz from Chicago. What does that mean? Uh, that means that they probably drove together to the show. Yeah, the name, though. What does that mean? Can you say? I don't know what that means. Well, Bryce Benjamin has alliteration, and Acid Jazz is really good because he has, I think, jazz tattooed across his abdomen. I remember seeing it. It was in a very complimentary way to his, his rib cage. Fantastic. Um, good team, yes. Yeah, yeah. Oh, Bryce Benjamin, very, very good, very good trainer. Trained uh, Smiley Kylie Ray, among others. Sure. But uh, never, never got out of Chicago. Nah, it's too bad. Yeah, it's a good kid. Uh, what's new? Um, well, that whole chick track thing's really got me upset. I bet. But I did pick up a ten DVD set of Best Andy of Billy movies. No, Best of Billy Robinson. Okay. Which, this is how stupid I am. Um, all of these, uh, virtually all of this footage is available on YouTube. Sure. But the thought of having all of it together made me really happy. Have you ever seen Hard Ticket to Hawaii? No. Picasso Trigger? Oh, these, those, that Sedaris, Sedaris guy? Malibu <sighs> Express? I, I may have seen that when it was on like a Skinamax or something. Because I know... Manning's in it? Uh, yeah, I know the name Andy Sedaris. Like, yes. I remember his genre. Okay. I found uh, Andy Sedaris movies more entertaining than Billy Robinson matches. It's had lots of big boobs in those. Yeah, but I, well, but there were big fake boobs, which I didn't well, like. Well, you know. Um, but, I mean, you got different goals in mind as you're watching either of them. That's I, true. I don't, if you could substitute one for the other, then that's, that's weird. Speaking of black and white wrestling footage which we weren't, but I'm just going to pretend we were. Okay. Um, I happened upon something I didn't know about, and I think maybe we could do a watch-along one of these weeks because there's lots of them available. This Week in Wrestling episodes, I think it was called, with Gordon Soley and Joe Petticino. Oh, sure. The weekly yeah. wrestling show. Yeah, Joe Petticino had that out of Atlanta. And they, um, the one that I happened to watch, they showed a flashback to a match where it was like 
the mighty Gogo or something, a mask guy versus. Oh, I bet you that's Bolo. Mighty Bolo. Was, mighty yeah. Bolo. And uh, I forget the the other guy was a mighty guy as well. It was like two guys with kind of the same moniker at the beginning of their name. And they showed the um, third and deciding mighty. fall in the match. And I thought it was interesting because the uh, one guy had a mask on and it was clearly footage from like the 1950s. Right. Not that you couldn't have a mask back then, but um, I just didn't remember a lot of. I haven't seen a lot of masked men in black and white footage. Uh, well, the material that they made masks out of back then was really bad. Like, it was the wool, like the tights. So sure. they were horrible things to wear. Speaking of which, yes. that's another guy who just died. Who's that? Uh, Beyer. Oh, Dick Beyer, Dick yeah. Beyer. Should we get, should we say we're talking about this? Yeah, week? sure, why not? Hey, uh, this is the In Memoriam episode of our podcast. And corrections. Did, yeah, did you find it, Kyle? The BS Express. Did you go on that like cage side or whatever it's called? Yeah, I find it. We can look later. Hey, if the BS Express is listening to this, uh, let us They're know not. who you are. They're not. Um, so hey, we're gonna talk about uh, wrestlers who have died. Sure. Pa- well, passed away. Passed away. I, I didn't say killed. Expired. They are ex wrestlers. Yes. So um, bereft of life, they drift among the fjords. <laughs> we were talking about doing. Uh, this episode a while ago, but now um, it's finally coming to fruition. Lots of people died. Yes, exactly. Especially in the last couple weeks, there's been kind of an uptick. Yes. But, well, no, this is... Two is an uptick, in my opinion. I'm going to sound horrible for stating this, but I'm going to. Sure. I'm laughing at the relative level of wrestler that gets national national press for passing away. Right. When people like Thez and Buddy Rogers and all this other stuff, just, oh, you know, nobody knows. Right. And it just kind of goes by. But all of a sudden, like some, you know, granted, you know, had a cup of coffee in the big show. Suddenly now, oh, traveled all over, blah, 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 blah. Right. Now, what uh, is interesting about that is, you know, somebody's made it. You really know they've made it when they become one of the trifecta of they always die in threes. (laughs) Ha ha. Oh, that's true. Do you know what I mean? Yes. Yes. So, uh, so clearly it's like, right, you had, um, and it was a weird dying in threes this time. It was the lead singer of, Because it was six. Yeah, no. it was the lead singer <laughs> from Prodigy, uh, they sing that song, Firestarter. Yeah. And, was um, that drugs? Um, no, Suicide. Oh, that's And then the sad passing wrestling related, Luke Perry. Yes. Sideshow Luke Perry. Yes, who, uh, Melter did a short write-up on him. Did he really? I still get the print. Yes. Uh, he was one of the producers behind the Ric Flair 30 for 30. Oh, nice. Yes. Okay. And he was the big fan. He was a mark for Crockett, like TBS sure. stuff. So It's, uh, it's cool uh, talking to some of our uh, friends that we know who actually came into like in oh, contact with him. Oh, my brush with fame, too. I wound up having a short Twitter conversation with Missy Hyatt about 90210. Did you really? Yes. Wow. What did she have to say? Um, She said how the episodes got bad, and I tweeted that the episodes with Matt Durning were horrible. And she's like, wait a minute, who was he, the lawyer in the upstairs? I'm like, yes, he dated Kelly for a while. Wow, you really did go deep. So that was it. Were you a big 90210 fan? Yes. Uh, from the year they, like, there was the summer episode, then the year they went to college, from that until the bitter end. I watched it every Wednesday. Were you uh, very vocal in the Donna Martin graduating process? No, that was, no. I never liked Donna. Yeah, she neither. always looked really ugly. Wow. Yeah, sorry. Brutal, dude. Yeah. What do you feel about Shannon Doherty? Eh, okay. Like, I never thought she had that kind of, like, stick-out beauty that was like a wowza. Like, there was nothing like a real... She just kind of looked like a regular girl. Uh, okay. Like a regular Midwest Gee, girl. I'm glad you can talk like that and I can't call Donna Martin ugly. Well, I'm just saying she's like... A, I, I'm saying she looked regular. You're saying I'm sorry. She, I'm sure to her children she is beautiful. When Shannon Doherty so. was on Charmed, yes. she was like the redheaded stepchild of those three on that show. Well, I... I mean, obviously, I am in, I am in break, no position right? to judge anyone, but uh, we there's a reason that she isn't getting more work. Yeah, that's true. What about Justine Bateman? I know this one's kind of out of uh, Never field. found her attractive. Never. Did you ever see the movie Satisfaction, where she played uh, 
She was like a guitar player in a band at a no. seaside resort. It's the only movie I've ever walked out on by myself. It, My parents it, it may have been on in the background bit. one night. Yeah. It's not great. Liam Neeson's in it before the Darkman movies. No, which I liked. Yeah. Oh, uh, the first one. So I like the first one because in the comic book buyers, not the comic book buyers guide, but Amazing Heroes, they had a write-up on how Darkman was actually the perfect superhero movie. Well, it's debatable. Well, it, it went more into pacing and you know the elements sure. rather than the big huzzah. And, you know, that was the answer to Batman know, like wrestling. For, for that studio. That was the response. Take that, Tim Burton. Here's Darkman. Yeah. I mean, it is what it is. Made so, money. Let, uh, let's talk about um, dead Death wrestlers. baby. Let's talk about so, R.I.P. Uh, we've mentioned it on the podcast. <laughs> oh, you found it? Yeah, oh, okay. he found it. The BS Express was? Well, before I say this, sorry. You guys are talking so much. <laughs> oh, sorry. That, uh, uh, another wrestler died? That, yeah. That I started looking into other things, and I just realized, <laughs> I just realized that your your name is based off of a musician. Yes, I didn't know that until now. Oh yeah, uh, the guy that sang ten, like the one that sang Stranglehold. Yeah. Anything where it's not Ted singing, it's yeah. Derek St. Holmes. So. I just oh, found that out today. I'm sorry. I just That's sneezed anyway, a little bit. Um, That's awesome. Uh, yeah, it was King Bishop in Indiana who, like, I was ready to work one night and I had my gear on and you ever thought about a name? I'm like, eh, you know, I'd like, I used Steve Harris the first time, the first one, because it was the bass player for Iron Maiden, but I, I wasn't comfortable with that. And all of a sudden he said, well, Ted Nugent's got a singer, Derek St. Holmes. How do you feel about that? And I said, do I get to work tonight? And he said, yes. And I said, I love it. But I thought it was the most odd, like this odd mouthful. It's hard to say until you get used to it. Yeah, that's for sure. Yeah. So now it's DSH. Really? You think it's hard to say Derek St. Holmes? Derek St. Holmes? Yeah, the saint yeah. is so pretentious. I love it. But oh, that's well, what, I've that's learned what to like it. Gimmick. Sure. Yeah. Uh-huh. But, so I was Derek St. Holmes, and then Carmine later gave me the Esquire. Okay, nice. Yeah. Uh, Which I thought we'd gone over that, my origin story. This is like the capsule origin that's in like the you know 25th issue or whatever. Yes. So going to the back to this BS Express. Yes. I hope one of these guys give, uh, listens to this show and gives you shit. Okay. So it's uh, Scotty Keys and Stumpy from Zawa Pro Wrestling. Oh, Okay. Okay. No, wait. I've never wrestled them. Have so that I? was uh, uh, August. Was that... Oh no, no, September, twenty uh, ninth of last year. Oh, okay. Sorry, I don't. I don't remember these things. So many matches. But so much. So much. Huh. Living. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So both of them are living, and I've wrestled them recently, and I have a match coming up with Stumpy. And that's soon. no BS. No, it's not, but it's going to be an express the way I put the three count on Stumpy right there. Hey, all right. Incidentally, you were talking about... Nah, never mind. I'm going to save that. I thought of a Dr. X Me Too interview, but I don't want to, I don't want to get into it. Hey, I'm so... I'm going to save that because it's gold, baby. Who do you want to start with, dead, dead wrestler-wise? Uh, King Kong Bundy. Great choice. Thanks. Uh, wrestled Bundy. He may have been like the first big name I was going to wrestle. <laughs> oh, I thought that was it. That was supposed to be funny. Big name. No. Oh. Um. No, but like the first that echelon. Sure. Because that was very early for Randy, and it was one of those deals where. Uh, Can you share with the audience at home who Randy is? And uh, you don't know. Randy ran the North American Wrestling Federation. Uh, Rock and Randy was his work name. Okay. Uh, who spent some time in Memphis, so he had a lot of contacts, uh, but was kind of, by his own admission, kind of carny about everything. Okay. So I remember at the time, like he's like, "Oh yeah, we're gonna bring Bundy in. You're gonna work Bundy and Jefferson." I'm like, okay. Like so, I told my friends about it, and you know, everything was there was some build up to it but i always remember being really afraid until i got to the show that suddenly randy was going to pull something at the last minute oh bundy didn't get on his plane sorry you're gonna work uh sure you're gonna work lynch under a hood you know like right so i was very afraid until i met him and he was very nice um 
Let's see. Oh, well, yeah, I, I said this one. Uh, he pinned me. It was a tag team, me and my partner against him and another guy. They pinned me, and the referee screwed up the five count. Oh, yeah. And yes. Bundy yelled at him in the locker room. And then, and this picture got posted on Facebook where he held my niece because she was just a you know a baby at that time and then kissed her on the head like he was running for office. Oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah, so that's my King Kong Bundy story. Not that old of a guy. No, but... Obviously, issues with obesity and stuff like that. Sure. I remember seeing some pictures of him as he got older. His legs got really, really skinny. Oh, sure. Uh, like kind of like a chicken, like top. No, heavy. more like the um, who Weeble? who falls off the wall, the egg guy that fell off the, <laughs> the wall. The egg guy. I can't remember the deal. Humpty, Humpty thank you. I don't, yeah. You teach children. You couldn't remember Humpty Dumpty. Is that even taught anymore? No. Oh, okay. No, not in fifth grade. Okay. I'm teaching them about Humpty Hump, the Humpty Dance. Yes, because so, I think that's entirely appropriate. It is. Yes. Because they were said, what are you talking about? And I said, first, I, what is it, move to the left or sh- wiggle to the left like my leg was broken, shaking and twitching, kind of like it was smoking. Crazy, whack, funky. Um, People say now it I'm like recalling, MC Hammer there was on crack, one t- Humpty. I know the opening of that song because there was one time in lacrosse where we were in a tag team and our music was playing and I was trying to crack Tyler up by singing that behind him. You want to tell people at home who Tyler is? Uh, Tyler Stullivan slash Sunday slash Tyler Stello. Gotcha. Who's a fellow wrestler of mine that does not listen to the podcast, so I'm not going to push him. Yeah, I wouldn't either. <laughs> um, Take that, kid. The uh, so what was how was it? You said it was fine working, Bundy. Yes. Yeah. Um, what did he put you away with? Do you remember what the is, splash? The splash. Yeah. And he protected you pretty well. Yeah. Didn't have to tape up the ribs. No. Um, they did have to reinforce the ring, however. How long of a match would you say it was? Eight minutes. Yeah. Like, like any. And so what do you do? You just go in, and he's like, "I'll just, it, I'll beat you up." Do you even get any offense in on a guy like that? Or well, just... it was a tag match, so we had his partner. Okay. Why wouldn't you just do a handicap match? That would have been huge. <laughs> Get it huge? I didn't run the show. Sorry. That seems like that would make more sense, wouldn't it? Sure. Okay. Well, I don't know. I'm just thinking. Well, no, but I knew I knew what the story was at that time. You're not going to make your career. Like, you know, you're there to make the guy look good so he can sell pictures. Yeah. Uh, which at that time, Randy had the Polaroid and was selling those for X number of dollars a pop. Polaroids, hey? Yes. That's some crazy shit. Yeah, that was 97, 98 maybe. Yeah, boy, oh boy. Yeah. Um, so he died, I, I want to yeah, say. It was like, at one of those shows that I drove home and stopped at the gas station and bought a Tombstone pizza and thought, yeah, this is, I'm I've, doing it. I've made I'm it. I'm getting it done. Drove home, cooked it, ate it, and went to bed. Yeah, like got a supreme right no no i just like the sausage see and yeah can we isolate that line kyle i just like the sausage like the sausage um you don't like pepperoni no let's actually before we go on to more dead wrestlers let's talk about last week um derek was very upset that he didn't get his was it beef brisket (laughs) at the restaurant pork belly pork belly at the restaurant it's a little intimidating going out to eat with you it was all. I'm sorry. It was all last minute. And stuff no, like I understand that. that. Uh, what it happened was, was we had a gift certificate to a restaurant, and then we. I realized it was real close to your house. Yes. Which so is while great. we were getting lost getting there, just like, hey, last minute, we're meeting over here. Come meet us if you want. And I did. Yes. And it was a good time. It's always nice to hang out with Derek. It was cool. Um, uh, Angela is a skating coach, and one of her students is the hostess. And um, she looked scared every time she came by the table. Angela can be quite intimidating. Uh, yeah, I thought you both were I very love my intimidating. Girlfriend. I was the kind I did relief. not like uh, where we were seated because it was the tiki restaurant. So they did the whole, like, it's a big rectangular booth. So we have to sit on one side. Yes. But the light, everybody else had a dimmed blue light, but we had a harsh yellow light. So I felt like I was being interrogated the whole time. That's true. Plus, I just, if I'm not getting paid, I don't like people looking at me. Okay. Just, wow, jeez. Sorry. I get paid to be in public. You know? Well, uh, sorry. I mean, I'll talk to you if you come up and, you know, you're polite and everything, but you're very, that, I just um, don't like people. You uh, were very, you were n- nice, but 
I couldn't. I think the waitress couldn't tell a lot of times if you were being sarcastic or mean or upset. I am so dry. It's You're, great. It, yeah, it's it, great. he was severely dry. Made me a little uncomfortable. I felt I had to keep <laughs> making jokes to the wait staff. Hey, uh, I, I had I several complaints. About what? About our service. Oh, you had, yeah, the service was the drizz, that's for yes. sure. Yes, and that's, that's what, hey, you wash my, whatever. But my drinks Pain came. to be there, yes. Uh, that was nice, and, um, and but it was. Uh, we ate, we ordered um, two appetizers, one of which was the pork belly. That came after the, yes. the Okay, we got to zoom over the rest of this. I know, but it was, and I'm just saying, it, uh, was, it is what it is. Uh, so, like, we had such poor service from our, our waitress that finally after we ate our entree we're like oh we didn't you know we never got this pork belly <laughs> also just like oh oh my god it's right and like apparently it had it was ready or had been ready so we had pork belly for dessert and then cut to the end angela's yes. angela student's mom because of some past business uh issues between the two of them uh picked up our picked up our bill which Derek was going to yes. pick up my tab, but then ended up not even to pay anyways. Yes. So, so he I still, still hasn't want, paid for anything. I still want credit. Yes. And it was great. I expect this debt to be paid. I had a uh, um, a hurricane, and then I had some other. Uh, I don't know what it was. And then you got in a fist fight as soon as you walked I'm out. I'm telling you. Well, that tire uh, popped on that car. Yeah, that was weird. There's a car, a tire blew when it drove by us, and we both basically jumped into a snowbank we were afraid we were getting shot at yeah i mean yeah it <laughs> was, was it's rough it's a rough rough outside those tiki bar restaurants like that uh so mean speaking of, of tosa speaking of tiki bars and dinner okay did you have yeah. a chance to see bundy eat was he putting away a lot of stuff backstage no he... no no he was very nice very cool yeah um but i mean i also because that was the first name, that was like my first time of, you know, how much do I talk to this guy? How do you act around somebody like this? Did he want to talk at all or was he just kind of I, like, do this, bing, boom, boom, let's go? I mean, he hung out with Randy the most because like that, I figure that's who he knew. He knew, Like okay. uh, Randy and Freedom. Okay, gotcha. Because um, I know he had worked Freedom. Uh, but like, so I figured, oh, that's who he knew. And like, I didn't really have any like, gee, Mr. Bundy, can you tell me anything to, you know, make it to the WWF or anything like that? You know, like I had no questions. That was like awesome. That. that was the young Derek. We should do a segment with young Derek. <laughs> sure. That is not what you This is Derek young decided. Derek and I'm. That is not what you, yeah, I was, I was 26 already. Anyway. No, I know. Anyway. Uh, so that's, uh, that's my Bundy story. That's good. Yeah. Uh, nice guy. Pedro Took Morales. Him. Another one who passed away. Did not know him. No, no, um, but no. Uh, did not know him. Most of the footage I've seen of him is the left hook, Pedro Morales. Yes, apparently he did more before that. What uh, the? When did he get known for the left hook thing, though? Was that pretty late in the? Yeah, that game? was after his uh, championship reign. What were your... Pedro Morales is a really interesting um, story in that he, you know, right place, right time pushed when they needed an ethnic champion in new york but like when he traveled around to other places didn't get over like he was used almost as a jobber to the stars in yeah in mid-atlantic uh was kept down by ganya and the awa so it was a weird little you know the sure. the advantage of having a huge publicity machine behind you versus any innate ability not saying he wasn't talented right i guess in california uh, Blassie saw him, and then Blassie gave the recommendation to bring him into New York. Okay. But from what I read, there were also some promoters that billed him as Mexican and you know all this other stuff, and you can't, you can't do that. Sure, sure. Um, I was never a huge, huge fan. No, I understand that. I mean, it, it's not it, – it's more psychology in how he times his, you know, his comebacks versus any inherent, ooh, look at that. Right. No, and that no, and that took me a long time to get over when I'd watch wrestling footage, uh, especially when I was trying to figure out why I was watching wrestling. You know, yeah, like why am I watching this match? What am I going to extract from this? Because, like, I remember a lot of the good times videos. I got that when I was in college and watched that. I'm like, oh, this is so boring. Right. Now I can go back and watch it and say, oh, now I can pick this part out and this part out, right? Stuff like that. Sure, so, no, and that makes sense. I just uh, learn how to work, boy. I think he was one of those guys that, because again, our Miss Midwestern 
right. regional. It's like you'd see him, and I just never understood why he got put. I mean, because we didn't. New York was New York. Yeah. Uh, so when I would see it, I was just kind of like, I don't know, I'm not into this guy. Okay. I, was, I was that Vern mindset. Sure. I guess. But if you think about New York, it was a lot of brawling and then the big, uh, the crossbody off the top for the finisher. So that translated well to the you know big arena. No, sure. Yeah. So, there you go. What? Uh, um, let's talk about a little bit more of a, a more obscure recent death. Yes. Uh, Les Thornton. Ah, you how did about remember. that? Uh, Les Thornton is um, came from Wigan. I thought I was very confused because I thought Les Thornton was the guy in um, the Chris Adams movie talking about his friends yes. coming home. I thought that was him, but it wasn't. Okay, so I was wrong. But apparently, owned a gym until his. I'm sorry, I'm getting ahead of myself. Les Thornton came over from England, uh, relocated into Canada because they were very friendly towards that, had spent time in Wigan, so he was, you know, able to protect, he had a reputation of being able to protect himself and, yeah. in case anybody got cute. Um, and he would be used, you know, just travel around, be used in matches. He was the light heavyweight champion towards the end, like when Vince acquired him. Mm-hmm. It, it was some strange little deal, like he had the belt wherever he went. Oh and really? It was somehow deemed legit. You know, I I don't understand. How long it was, was he working wrestling. with Vince for? Uh, not very long. Just in the beginning. Okay. But there's there's several. There's lots of footage on there because he like did around and did jobs, and then I think went back to Stampede and opened a school. Okay. So he was like lived in the Calgary area, but in rewatching his footage, uh, and this is going to be a bold statement. Sure. Outside of Nick Bockwinkle, this is the wrestler I would have want to have been like born as oh really yes just this watching what's that you need 35 minutes and need this guy to look good and he's not gonna do anything i'm your man okay you know and go out there and make it look legitimate as hell okay gotcha so i was impressed and uh Uh, just lots of real subtle things there's uh some good footage of him against tony charles um was he a pretty big mainstay in stampede no, no. Was he just in? Because he did Canada he, quite a bit. Yeah, yeah. He? But he well, went after he retired. He was always around. Okay, but. gotcha. And he worked a lot of the big guys too, or not big guys, but he worked a lot of the names, whether it be Japan, whether it be wherever. Yeah, spent time in Japan, spent time in Houston. You know, he was what you would bring in when you needed, you needed to get time on your undercard with credible product. Yeah. You know, not very flashy, but 45 minutes and the people are going to be into it. Seems interesting, too, that he was brought in at a time when the Hogan stuff was going on. Oh, but that's just when Vince was swallowing everybody up. And that because was he, it. well, when Vince bought Georgia or, you know, bought yeah. whatever it was, he brought up, brought in Thornton as the light heavyweight champion. And I remember there was a picture of him in the WWF magazine as the champion one time. But the spoiler came in as like the national champion. Or oh, whatever. really? And just after a few weeks, these belts were just forgotten about and everybody started doing jobs. Okay. You know, it was him signing up all of the name talent so that the other wrestlers, the other promotions couldn't have them. Yeah, right. Until they were all crippled and then they all lost their jobs too. Gotcha. Yeah, Mr. Wrestling 2 did jobs. Yeah. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, you're yeah. right. Yeah, I never thought about that. Speaking of mask guys. Yes. Let's talk Dick Byer. Oh, uh, the destroyer. Yeah. The sensational, intelligent destroyer. Uh, he really uh, did the rounds, didn't he? As far as like every place that he worked, especially North America, he pretty much hit everywhere, didn't he, would you think? Or? Yeah. Well, he was a legitimate standout, legitimate college standout. Broke into wrestling from the Buffalo area. Yeah. So probably broke in under Martinez up there and then toured around here, but then went to Japan and got very, very entrenched in the Japanese culture over there to where he became like a game show host and all that other stuff. And he was doing the thing too, where he was one of those guys where you never saw him without his mask. Exactly. That mask on. Exactly. Was that mask, uh, it looked so different. Were those, what, what's the yes. deal with that? Yes, because. Um, Back he was uh, when he first had to put the mask on. Somebody had an old style mask for him, and it was horrible. And 
Yeah. You know, didn't like wearing it, like I said before. So it was his wife at the time who took one of her girdles and was able to sew it up. And that's how, you know, his mask was originally designed and it was much more form fitting and, you know, she was able to put eye holes. And so that's the origin of like his style of mask. That's pretty crazy. Well, okay. Uh, There's a good, um, I think he does a whatever happened to with Scott Teal. Okay. It's got most of the stuff in it. Uh, which came first, uh, Dr. X or um, Destroyer? Uh, or was it the same? Was it simultaneous? No, no. It was the Destroyer first, and he became Dr. X when he came in for Vern because I think he had already done an unmasking as the Destroyer. Okay. Like, we'll get into that in a second. Somehow Vern thought everybody knew the Destroyer was Dick Pyer, so he came in here as Doctor X. Okay, yeah. So that's that's how it got over here, and then, but he was known in Japan as the Destroyer, and in some areas over here as Doctor X. Okay. Um, now there were there wasn't. Like it, a it's very strange one, because, like, in some areas he. Like, I know in California, like, they wanted him to lose the mask, but he didn't want to, so he escaped out of the ring, so the promoter got in the ring and said, everybody knows that's Dick Byer or whatever. Yeah. Like, there was, so there was weird things like that. Gotcha. Incidentally, you see this crater on my finger here? Yes. Um, driving home from the show uh, Saturday night, you know, through the blizzard and everything that happened there, smoking a cigar and i've got it like poised up by the window and the wind caught a little ember of it and it landed on my finger and wouldn't fly off okay and so like your first instinct is to ha ah, get it off there but i can't because i'm holding the cigar and i'm driving and i've got to kind of concentrate so i just you know it's lovely feeling your skin singe that is pretty good. Yeah, well, finally it you know went out there. But now I look, you know. So um, I have an ulcer. I've been ulcerated. Smoking's bad for you, Derek. Yes. Yep. So is wrestling, kid. But not going to stop that anytime soon. Hey, can I uh, tie something together here? Sure. So Dick Byer. Yes. Right. Yes. Uh, he was the WWA champion, which was out of California. Yeah. Yeah. Worldwide Wrestling Associates. Right. Sure. And um, I believe that's what Blassie was a champion of. Absolutely. Too. And yeah. Blassie, of course, is the one that convinced him and said, that, "Okay, you should work in the mask gimmick. I'll give you a huge push." Oh, okay. That was the, the butt. Uh, I would just like to say that he lost the WWA title to. Yes. Pedro Morales. <gasps> His name is Pedro. Yes, Morales, and that uh, ties together because that's two guys that died. In 2019. Oh, now that Jim Carroll song. People these who are died. The guys who died. People who died. Yes. You don't know it, do you? Or are you distracted? I do. It. No, it's that. I phone? hate the. No, I. I thought that song was dumb and pretentious. Of course you did. It was a weird. It was like a I'm new wave to be new wave song, in my opinion. Kind of like um, the uh, song I might like you better if we slept together. Do you remember that song? Oh, that was never the say divinals. never. No, no, that wasn't Defiance. That was Romeo Void. Romeo Void. And the lead singer, her she called herself Deborah instead of Deborah. Oh, uh, okay. Like, that's some bullshit, right, Kyle? Yep. Yeah, that's some stupid shit. Derek. Derek. Right? Do you remember Classics Nouveau? Yes, I do. Okay. <coughs> wow. <laughs> I think I swallowed a bug. Pass that over here, old timer. Gee. <laughs> anyway, something just flew in my mouth. Oh my gosh! <laughs> How many times you had we to say that? We isolate that kids. one too, guys. I'm sorry. I don't know if that was a dust particle. One of Kyle's many pop figures, or something, flew into my mouth there. That was Funko. Funko pops. Uh, that leads us to um, another person who died in 2019. Uh, We've talked to him. <laughs> no, not from choking. Uh, it's because I almost fell. Uh, mean Gene Okerlund. Never heard of him. Never heard of him. Uh, we've already talked, of course, uh, about. Wait mean a minute. Gene he was in, in Wisconsin recently. Yeah, we've talked about that before, and I okay. believe we may have been his last wrestling appearance ever. Hmm. Was that kind of neat? Yes. <laughs> I don't know. I feel bad about, it, but. Uh, not that we didn't cause anything, but I'm saying 
Uh, we almost we, caused I, a sellout. Well, it was sold out before anyone knew yes. it was there. Anyway. But anyhow, um, so I would just, uh, yeah, no, again, that was kind of a sad one because that's your childhood. That's your voice you're, when you hear it. You know what I mean? I understand where you're coming from. Yeah. So, and especially meeting somebody and then that just within a couple months later, something like that happens. You gonna be okay? I'm all right. No, I'm still suffering a little bit from the That's the okay. choking. We talked about uh, Gene Orkerlin and all that in the announcers episode, which is the last one. So we're not gonna really dwell on that one too much. But um, so those are the recent deaths as no, of 2019. Thought, is that it? Well, uh, was there anybody else that you can think of as we go through? Yeah, I believe that that was it. To be honest with you, so far this year, um, that, there's one or one more obscure one. What do you think? I don't remember. Let's uh, quickly do a couple guys that died uh, from last year. We're not going to go through okay. all of them, but we're just going to kind of mention a couple. Shoot a name at me. Uh, let's do um, Mountain Fuji. <laughs> do you remember Mountain Fuji? Mount Fuji from the Glow. Yeah. What do you think sure? of her? Yeah, her name was Emily or something. She was a uh, uh, she was a Ma- yeah, Emily uh, Dole. Yeah. Heir to the Dole. Um... That's not true. <laughs> No, didn't you see the you saw the documentary, yes. right? And I thought she came off like um very poorly. Yes. Like I, kind I of not it was like there was like a weird, I don't know, she seemed well, mentally me, unstable. I mean, there's a chance that's entirely the problem. Um, <laughs> I mean, I I know she wasn't doing well health-wise, but what about uh, Johnny Valiant? You know, he's a guy that I used to love. Oh, that we, Johnny that, Valiant? That was just last year? Yeah, Oh, April. I thought that was two years ago. No. So that means Bruno died last year. Yes. And we'll okay. Get, we'll get there. But, like, so Johnny Valiant, uh, Valiant that's someone yeah. we haven't really touched on. Uh, what are your thoughts on Johnny Valiant? Uh, well, when I was first introduced to him, it was at, when he was a manager, so I wasn't aware of his work. Um, but I will say now that in a tag team that I'm in up north, I have adopted lots of the Valiant stuff. Like, what do you mean? Well, I. Oh, you don't want to tell me. K, but okay, fine. That's I fine. like the part in the, uh, for example, the part in the beginning where they we're both standing in the ring. The ref says one in, one out, so we both get out. You know, you milk that where you both get in, both get out. No, oh, that's pretty good. You know, just something I feel like as I've never seen that. that one. Okay, I love it. Okay. That is pretty great, actually. Just, That's a funny bit. Yeah, it is. That is a really good uh, bit. I do like, um, I, I've been doing a run of tag teams up north. I don't want to get into too much detail. But I will state that I have been ripping off one particular match uh, for the last four months, working up there with that match. Really? And it is the Stud Stable, uh, Robert Fuller and Jimmy Golden against uh, Brickhouse Brown and Bill Dundee. Oh, okay. Stolen everything from that match, and it's incredible. That's awesome. What? What? You look surprised. You're just completely stealing matches. What? Yeah. Because I'm a pro, time? Daddy. Does this Amateurs happen? borrow, professionals steal. Uh, but when I say you stealing, said in the last podcast too, I think. Well, yeah. well I say that a lot. But I, I'm sorry you feel this way. It's not that we're doing this match 100, percent but you can break this match down into different sequences. And as we're putting our match together, it's, oh, there's this part. We can put that here. And then we can put this other part here. And then maybe the next month we'll experiment with another part of the match and get it all down. Okay, that makes more so sense. by the time we're working these guys, we have these spots down. And we're, hey, we can do X here. We can do Y here. We can do this. And then, boom, we can have a smooth match going out there. So, But I will say, all everything that we've been peppering and salting our stuff with is taken from this one match and it's good so i recommend you look it up and watch it so there i just thought i thought you were doing the whole match from start to finish that's no okay no that'd be fun no nobody knew okay i don't know why not well i know i I know some people do that and good luck oh ouch Ooh. name names brother no no, because it's a different style of working. I like something more organic. Some people like to this, you know. What about? But just because you're doing the same moves that you saw in this match does not mean you're going to get the same reaction from the people. <laughs> no, absolutely, because it's no, the I performance agree. and how they're engaged with the crowd. Um, my birthday is July thirteenth. 
Yes. Did you know that Masa Saito died on July 14th? My birthday's tomorrow. Kyle's birthday's tomorrow. Happy birthday, Kyle. Hey, that's pretty awesome, Kyle. How old are you going to be, Kyle? 29. <sighs> old enough to know better and know more about this business. I hate you. I'm almost going to not be young, Kyle, anymore. No, you'll always you'll be, still young, be Kyle. young, Kyle. As long as there's gray hairs in my beard and gray hairs on Derek's head, yep. my hair's not so gray on top, which is nice. Okay. Just saying. But uh, Masa Saito. Uh, a tank. Just a I solid. Love watching that guy his was stuff. shoulders. love watching his. Aha. Okay. Also, as part of this episode, I would like to state that I have been contacted by some of the area names that we've mentioned with corrections and yeah. additions to the stories and everything. Yes. Um, so I have been contacted by Tom Stone, who now states that he was not in the McDonald's when Patera threw the, the boulder through. Oh, he claimed he was at one point? Uh, no. What happened was he took Patera and Saito to the hotel said, do you want to get something to eat? They said no. Dropped them off at the hotel. He went and got the last drive-thru order. Then Patera walked to the hotel, walked to the McDonald's, went to the drive-thru, and they wouldn't serve him. That's when they threw it in. So then cops went back to the hotel. Uh, Saito, I guess, answered the door in a towel, but because there was the the lady uh, policeman there, he was very, like, culturally shamed like shouldn't be naked in front of a woman and stuff like that so he was very hard to talk to and pulling the i don't speak english very well and then that just all led to the escalation of this that and the other thing from from the story he tells me again i don't want to assign blame but one of the policemen maced saito like prematurely oh sure and him being blind, the female cop jumped on his back to try and subdue him, and he was blind, and somebody was on his back, and boom. Wow. And that's what happened. You know, and that's a problem I so, think we should address. Just wait before yes. you make a joke. it up here. Um, like, the next night or the night after that at the next show, Stone said something, like, walked by these two, like, he heard about it and walked by these two guys and started humming the jingle to McDonald's. You know, like, you deserve a break today. Yeah, huh? sure. And uh, To all beef patty, special special sauce, lettuce, cheese, pickles, onions on a sesame seed bun. That was a bit earlier than that. But uh, Saito came up to him and said, That was good. Said, that not funny. I thought you my friend. Next time we in the ring, I will hurt you. No shit. Yes, and that's what he said to him. Holy smokes. So what did, what did he do then? Nothing. Just is like I'm Just sorry. Scared the shit out of him. And then that was that. Yeah. But yeah. Didn't they get put in jail right away for doing all that I, stuff? Sure. I'm just saying yes, but these are all the stories, so I'm not sure what's being conflated or what timelines or anything. Gotcha. So that's that. Okay. That makes sense. That's uh that's pretty cool. That's like just one of those classic Wisconsin stories, right? Yes. Also, uh, I was contacted by Electric Eric Freedom. Who told me, hey, Mr. Podcast Guy, get your story straight. I didn't hide from the road warriors in the showers. I hid from the Steiners. Well, I'm so, glad he fessed up. Yes. So good for him. That's pretty great that uh, you got guys coming out of the woodwork now uh, trying to straighten you up on some of that stuff. Uh, what about, uh, we've talked about him in the past, one quick brief sentence about Nikolai Volkov. You worked him. Yes, and I was upset because he never got back to me about the diet he said he was following at the time. Well, maybe that's a good thing because he didn't last much longer after you wrestled. Well, him. he was always old. Hey, uh, Bruno San Martino, you went to his house, right? Was that you? Yes. Well, I took a picture of his house because I was in the Pittsburgh area. Gotcha. Yes. And I didn't um, go to his house, but I did walk around behind to see where Larry Zabisco <laughs> would have. Well, because it's on a corner. To lo- see where Larry Zabisco was, would do what? Train? No. Well, Larry Zabisco supposedly would stalk Bruno San Martino through the hedge in his backyard. Then he finally introduced himself, and that's what led to him being trained. Ah. So I wanted to see the backyard area. Like, oh, this is where it would have. Happened. I just had the vision in my head of that scene from The Simpsons where Homer vanishes into the hedge. Yeah, that was <laughs> when kind he of goes it. back in. Kyle's shaking his head. Yes, so that's good. We connected with the youth on this episode. 
Uh, did you have uh, any more corrections while we were? Uh, yeah, I've got some other stories. From you want to throw Tom a couple? Stone. Yes, I do. Uh, he's talking about the Road Warriors. They came in and worked for Vernon Hammond, and I had heard that in Atlanta they were told to just beat the shit out of the jobbers. I called Greg early in the week and let him know that I wouldn't work with them. They let me know they were pissed as they were leaving the building. It was about five years later in the WWF when Joe said I was smart because they didn't know what they were doing. Wow. So that's that story. See, Memorial Hall was the perfect building for wrestling. In the late 60s, early 70s, Roger Kirby was making 150 k a year. Then they booked a hair match in all the big towns. They had the, they had the heel escapes so they could get to the hair on TV. The fans never came back. After that, even the top guys were working for 500 a week. Wow. So, stuff like that. What, uh, do you have any fond memories of Brickhouse Brown? Uh, well, he's in that match that I just ripped off for the, all the... <laughs> That's why I brought him up. Yeah. He died last year. Uh, died last year, and I've also... Yeah, never mind. Uh, he was... <laughs> uh, he, had, he had good gear at Super Clash 3, but other than that, I didn't, you know... I love the I, I know he, of that. Well, because that's like one of the only matches I really remember him from. Yeah. I didn't, you know... I Like, I see him now on footage, but he was just... Just an in-shape guy that could work like he was in shape. What uh, What about Jim Neidhart? I worked him in that weird, some Indiana town. Uh, I heard he was a big smoker, like a chain smoker. Uh, I don't recall him smoking that night, but he never opened his eyes as he talked to me. Really? It's very strange. Wow. But then um, I thought I've told this story. Where we laid out the match, we were in the ring, I had him in the corner, and he said to take him down, so like I threw in a few more blows and dropped down for a single leg, pulled him out to the middle and hooked on an ankle lock, and all of a sudden I just hear him go, beautiful baby. I'm like, oh, okay. Oh, that's kind of cool. Yeah, so that was nice. And then later, without opening his eyes, um, he gave me Terry Taylor's number because I was supposed to call Terry Taylor and TNA and said Jim Neidhart said to recommend me. Really? Yeah. Huh, that's kind of neat. Did uh, uh, here's a game for you. It'll I, be one game. I, I never called, by the way. I'm sure you didn't. Right. Uh, who was older, Jim Neidhart or King Kong Bundy? I want to say Bundy. Is that wrong? You are wrong. Okay. Um, the he uh, Bundy was 61, I believe, and Jim Neidhart. Uh, was older. <laughs> 68. Thanks, kids. Uh, no, he wasn't 68. Episode. I'm sorry. Uh, I thought, you know what? I lost it. I had it written down or I had it down here in my notes and now I lost it. Um, but I thought that um, Jim Neidhart was older than Bundy, which would be weird, right? Wouldn't that? Does that seem right to you? I, I'm not paying attention. Okay. What other corrections do you have for us? Uh, this is what I'm looking here. Do, 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 do. Uh, Bruiser Bob Sweetan was working cardiac Chris Curtis one night in Mid-South, and he told Chris that when he gave him the office, you know, the little signal in the ring, that he should make a big-ass comeback. So Chris sold his ass off, and Sweetan pile-drived him without ever giving him the office. Later in the locker room, when Chris asked him about it, he said, Oh, sorry, kid, I forgot. Really? Yeah. Huh. So he just ate him up. Neidhart, 63. Okay. Bundy, 61. Stone claims he never saw the guys uh, never saw the guys pissing on each other except the Freebirds, but I only saw them piss on each other. So that's an interesting correction. Uh, yes. And he also claims to have written the... Oh, and he listens to this show, by the way. Who does? Tom Stone. Cool. Tom Stone. Yes. Awesome. Uh, he wrote the theory sheets that you've seen. Yeah, really? Yes. He said Greg actually gave it to Sammy Darrow and his partner in the AWA. So he actually wrote that up and Greg Gagne took a copy from him. Oh, really? What does Tom Stone do now? Uh, he's retired. Just hanging out? Yeah. And is he here in Wisconsin or where is he? Yeah, he lives in the Milwaukee area. Does he really? Yeah. Uh, Tom Stone, this is my uh, invite to you. Anytime uh, we're doing a show, uh, podcast, or... Personal appearance? Uh, personal appearances. No, uh, 
there is an there is always much like some baseball stadiums leave the ticket for Elvis at the uh, event. <gasps> Tom, uh, if you ever want to come check out uh, Mondo Lucha, feel free. I got a ticket oh, and a seat for you, buddy. He's gonna hate it. You'll uh, that's he's why I want him to come. Hate it. Yes, you'll hate it. I'm sure you will, my friend. <laughs> but it would be super fun to have you there. Oh. Tom, that would be super cool. Wow. I know. But I have a glutton He'll, he'll for try to get on. He'll try to get on. No, he's retired, you said. He'll Come try to now. get on. Oh. For him, I'd try to find a spot. Oh, dear Lord. You don't know what you're doing. We'll Th- talk off. Here. Could he do a Russian gimmick? Oh. Yes. He actually, uh, he claims the boots that I have for that yes. were originally his. Really? He says he sold them to Illinois State Trooper, who got them to Morty, and that's who I got them from. Really? Yes. That's pretty wild. But, you know. That's pretty funny. Stuff. Well, very good. Any other corrections or anything for us? Uh, no, just little here's and there's. Any other wrestlers you would like to talk about that have died recently? Or Actually, uh, let me ask you this. Has there ever been a wrestler that's really broke you up that you, I mean, not shocked, like, oh, my God. A lot of that stuff gets really melodramatic nowadays. But is there any wrestler that died that you were just kind of like, wow, that was real kick in the pants? Uh, not yet. But this goes into, and I think we've discussed this before too, because we've got a lot of episodes. We sure um, do. Like, who will die that will greatly diminish my interest in wrestling? Yes. I'm wondering how I will feel after Hogan and Flair pass away. Really? Yeah, because after that, it's like, like maybe those are like the two that are left from my childhood. Okay. You know, I don't you know, I, I don't know how to quantify that, but at a certain point, you know, I'm just going to have to <laughs> admit that every wrestler I ever really liked is now dead. Sure. You know. No, I could see that. What about like Vader? Uh not that he's, that was he's like, dead too. Oh, totally. Uh that's what I heard. Do you uh was he a guy that you enjoyed watching, or was he just yes. kind of... Yeah, I liked watching him as a big man and loved his Who's the Man stuff when it, when it first came out, when he was a champ with uh, Harley in his corner. Yes. And then suddenly pulling moonsaults out. I thought that was incredible. Now, what about um, when he was doing the oh, Leon? and I also liked Vader because I was cool enough that I remembered him in the AWA. As doing the, you know, doing baby, the, doing the baby Bowl, which meant that I liked wrestling more than anybody else. They, so. Would you tell that to people? Uh, no, I would just silently gloat over it. Was the uh, transition from him to Japan, is that where like all the Vader stuff essentially happened? Like he was doing the Big Van Vader in, no. in Japan, wasn't no, he? That's, yeah, that's where, that's the character. He he was introduced to that character in Japan and went over Inoki okay. like, immediately. But... The story I heard was Jim Helwig was originally looked at for that spot because he looked so good. Sure. And then Owen Hart got into Helwig's ear like, you know, maybe Japan isn't for everyone, Jim. And Inoki heard how horrible he was, so that's how they went over to and then they, use Leon. But Wayne. at that time, he was doing um, he was doing Dingo Warrior, right? Is that before uh, Helwig, before he yeah. went? Yeah. Okay, gotcha. Um, what about Dick Slater? He died last year. Uh, interesting. Oh, I'm sorry. Before we, because I was going to mention Dick Slater's book. Uh, the Destroyer Dick Buyer wrote an autobiography. Yeah. Uh, which I owned at one time. I'm sure some people liked it, but I found it very non-remarkable for such a thick book. Gotcha. Um, the only notable thing I remember is he, his two wives were both named Wilma. Really? Yeah. Like that's, that's strange. And how do you find Wilmas, you know? I don't know. The only Wilmas I know are Wilma Flintstone and Wilma from Buck Rogers. Uh, we, I had a Wilma in my family. Did you really? Yeah, yeah maybe two. And, oh, I, never mind. I can't say. It Good. Would, it would, then I, don't. Then don't. There's, remind me, I'll t- help has, you out there. Has, ha. Ha, I'm doing my Nord the Barbarian off to the side here. Um, uh, Dick Slater. Tell us about Dick Slater. Uh, what do you What do you think of Dick Slater? I remember thinking it was a Terry Funk ripoff. Yeah, I mean, legitimately very tough and could probably kill me, even though he's dead. But right, just uh, he had a, a rough couple last years in his life, didn't he? Ooh, yeah. I'm not going to touch but it. I'm just some saying. of it by his own doing. Was, so, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Right, right. The, um, what about? Uh, I always heard you were a big Jose Lothario fan. Is that true? No. 
It's oh. not true at all. Well, he died last year. So uh, we yeah, skip him Super then. Sock Jose Lothario. Who? What is that? Is mean? a person that was his gimmick. He had a he had a punch. Oh yes. Oh, I'm sorry. So Super Sock. Um, I never I never knew that term. But was uh, you know, uh, Latin baby face down in the southwest area, like exhibited, uh, you know, stayed homesteaded down there. Uh, one of these people in wrestling that you, you don't, I mean, I, granted, they're all scummy. We're all scummy because we're all wrestlers. But he's Not just me. one of these people that you don't, you don't hear many good things about. You always hear stories of how he ripped this person off or oh, really? that person off. Yeah, but I, for anybody that knows him, you know, I'm sorry. This is this is just my experience. So maybe I just didn't read the right stuff. Sure, sure. But. Uh, another one, not a wrestler, but definitely someone we've talked about, uh, Larry Matizik. Didn't meet him, but uh, I know people that have. Yeah, any anything on that? No. Uh, really. Well, I mean, he was a Sam Muchnick disciple. It was through him that we've been able to open up St. Louis and see so much about what made it work and everything. Um, I really lost a lot of respect for him with that Drawing Heat the Hard Way book. Yes. That was just basically a whine of why why can't Vince do it the St. Louis way? It's like, right. okay, but... Yeah. What about uh, Larry going Henning? going to. Larry, um, my first memory of wrestling is being scared when Larry Henning was carrying an axe to the ring. Really? Yeah, on the TV. Scarier with an axe, Joe LaDuc or Larry Henning? Joe LaDuc. Yeah. Yeah. That guy's a psycho, wasn't he? Apparently a nice guy. Really? Uh, he was doing, like, taking the blade of an axe and, like, cutting Yeah, his the arm. lumberjack oat. Yeah. Did you ever see that, Kyle? No. Yeah, Joe Ledoux, he used to do some... Says that he was in a feud with Jerry Lawler. He said he's going to take a lumberjack oat. I'm going to put a scar on my body to remind me of you, Jerry Lawler. And he takes his axe and just starts sawing at his arm until he gets a little... Like, on live TV, he's like, Oh, there it is, Jerry Lawler. Every time I see that, I will think of you. You like that, Kyle? And then, in the match with Lawler, I think we're actually going to see that in our other episode tonight... Uh, he presses Lawler over his head. And they try to do a spot where he throws him out onto the ringside table, but Lawler takes the takes the blow on the corner of the table and goes down. Winds up, I think he severed a muscle in his leg, like he was legitimately injured off of that. And the story I later heard was Eddie Marlin's like Jerry, don't get up. That looked incredible. He's like, don't worry, I can't. So yeah, that's pretty intense. Wrestling. Uh, and the last one, we're going to leave. Oh, with uh, Joe Ledoux also did the feats of strength. He did yes. the uh, uh, the interlocked the interlocked hands. The interlocked hands where you've got the people pulling on both sides. But I think if we see that. Isn't that bullshit? Well, yes. The secret to that is where you uh, hook. Like you're actually hooking the, the ropes up around your biceps as opposed to down on the crook of your elbow. Right. And that removes, you know, 90% of the leverage. So you're really just keeping your, your hands, you know, your hands to your sides. You're using the muscles of your back instead of the muscles of your and arm. And it, visually, it's just so stupid because yeah, you've let's got see these you guys. do it, string Listen. Bean. Oh, thank you. Listen. I've been, what? I've been working on being a string yeah, bean. Yeah, I've been working on getting these bowling pin forearms right there. So, so look at that. Look hey, at it. Who's the local, Drool over who's it. Who's the local wrestling fan around here that always makes me punch his forearms? I don't know what you're talking about. There's this guy... For the last seven years, every time I see him, he brings out his forearm and punches and says, feel that, feel that, and then he makes me punch it. He's not a wrestler. He's literally a fan. Hangs out with a guy that's got no teeth. I'll show you next that time. That doesn't narrow it, it down, yeah. No, I know, but I'll show you next just, time. These two guys, it's crazy. Um, I'm hoping that's the Army Jacks. With here's what I'm going to say, though. If you, if, okay, so Joe Ledoux standing in the middle of the yeah. ring, and he's got his hands locked. And then one guy's holding one arm, right? And then that guy has someone, like, holding his waist. Like, as if the guy pulling from the waist is really giving that much pull that the guy that's pull, it just, it just looks stupid. You know, this is why nobody invites you to parties. Everybody invites me to parties. Sure. I'm the party master. Speaking of the party master. There was a party animal up north that... Um... Our mutual friend Dysfunction beat the living hell out of him. It's on tape. I've seen it. A recently. party animal? Yeah, that was his gimmick, the party animal, until Dys jumped on his face. 
I was just thinking Spuds McKenzie. <laughs> Remember that guy? Oh, I thought you were talking about somebody that hit you a lot in the ring. No, that's pretty. That'd be a good one. A guy. That's for your imaginary funny wrestling league that you were talking about. Spuds McKenzie, the guy has a problem with uh, potatoing you on accident uh, in the middle of the match. I don't need help with booking. Thank you. Okay. Uh, Tom Billington. Dynamite Kid. Yeah. What are your thoughts? I mean, it's a very uh, polarizing individual. Yes. Very polarizing individual. I am not necessarily a fan anymore. Why is that? What do you mean? Explain. I see issues with psychology. Granted, the physical style is light years among anything I can attain, but sure, uh, too much. Does it... So we've all seen the footage of him basically just pounding the snot out of Mick Foley. You've seen that? Yeah, but it's not really... I feel like he's. Yeah, I think he's really. I think he's really. Uh, the whole match is like three minutes. Isn't yeah, it? but that's still a good. Okay. Pounding. <laughs> okay. I feel sorry for Sarah. No. Hey. So, a question uh, on that though. Like, do you do you dislike him? Do you feel he took liberties? Do you feel he just had a very strong style to use that overplayed out word? But like, do you not found it too much or like, yeah i found thought? it too much it was a very strong ad- aggressive style to my eyes was great in japan it did up the game for a lot of you know so he's very influential did help kind of change the business that way yeah sure because he certainly made everybody around him better right because he was such a, but just looking back at the matches now i'm like oh the, it I don't like it for the same reason I don't like watching modern wrestling. Right. It's just too much of a car crash for my eyes. Oh, and that makes perfect sense. So, uh, finding, I'd rather watch Les Thornton. Finding out, Another going back Brit. now, though, and finding out that whole uh, timeline on how he was basically almost paralyzed and could hardly move, and like Davy Boy carried him to the ring for them to lose yeah. the belts and all that. Like seeing it now, taking it in context for what was actually happening, is kind of scary and wild like really yes. just like whoa that's yeah that's pretty nuts because you know all that kyle right yeah, yeah. Yes. like yeah i always thought it was just like look at these guys they're such good buddies that Di- or davy boy's carrying dynamite to the ring like it's a fun like look at we're going not full well realizing that he like he couldn't actually walk like that right. to me is uh just shocking shocking sure you know what else is shocking we're done. Oh, okay. Pretty Is good. It's a lame episode. I think it's a great episode. Okay. I think we talked about some corrections. I think we talked about some dead people. We went over some things. Right? Yeah, I'm just not used to going over. That's true. That's See? That, yeah, that's Comedy. good. That is very good. See, Comedy. it's that it's that uh quick uh quick wit. Ca- uh, I almost said Cabot and uh Ostello. Abbott and Costello. Uh, Look at you all kick back here. Report sweats. Got on some joggers, chilling out. I had a rough day at school today. Sounds good. Um, did you happen to see? And before we go, did you happen to see uh, I, me talking about creative writing in my class? I told you that story. Never mind. Yes, uh, yes, because you've been talking about our mutual friend Marcus Crane. Yes, and I have been laughing, looking at all of his deathmatch pictures, thinking of him coming to see your students. Yes, just so, on so many drugs. I it's shared incredible. this. Incredible. I shared this story with Derek last week. But so, um, as a teacher, I was doing a creative writing class, and sometimes it's hard to come up with. Uh, names or you just have to try to teach your kids to of course be creative when they're doing their writing so i started to make a story about a character um that just we were taking pictures and looking at them and then there'd be like a person in it and you'd have to tell a story based on that and i couldn't think of any other good names so i was making my students uh name the character marcus crane who is a uh, pretty well-known deathmatch wrestler the marcus uh, crane experience yes so uh all my, I was receiving papers from students saying stuff like Marcus Crane was an uh, astronaut. Right, right. Well, the one was I was like he was on Mount Kilimanjaro hiking in the cold when he found and so tripping balls. So I got I basically got to read about fifteen different uh, um, creative writing paragraphs where each one was about a character named Marcus Crane. I want him to come meet your students so badly. Well, I want to keep my job, so that's not going to happen. <laughs> On that note, Derek, this has been a lot of fun. We will uh, see you again soon, right? On the flip side? Yes, and uh, maybe I'll, I'll uh, actually get you to uh, 
pay for those drinks at some point. I doubt it. I agree. Anyhow, this is Cigars and Conversations with Derek St. Holmes Esquire, brought to you exclusively from all the gimmicks, iTunes, and anywhere else all your favorite podcasts are broadcast from. Stitcher. Yes. Uh, I am Jay Gilkey, the co-host. I've been sitting here with Derek St. Holmes, and we would like to say, please, Share this podcast with your friends. Let them know uh, the community is growing every single week. We are getting all kinds of people yeah, talking thanks. to us. I had a guy from California. I, yeah. Yeah. So we've, yeah. I mean, this Thank is definitely, you. it's growing and growing. And uh, I like doing it. I don't know about Derek, but uh, we're having a good time. We're it's getting great feedback. It's growing on you. It's all right. It's only like, taking like this long. Crust. Yes. So from the old crusty veteran, this is the, uh, the fresher of the two uh, signing off. We'll see you guys next time.